welcome to the Tempe, Arizona Plastic Surgery Podcast. (laughs) But seriously. (laughs) We are podcasting on a Sunday because we've got... We've got the July 4th coming up. We've got surgery to do. We've got vacations coming. So we need to knock out some podcasts. Dr. Ravello. We have been busy AF the past few weeks. Oh, my God. So normally we do these during the week when we're here working, but it's just been crazy. So we're catching up on a Sunday in the office in Beverly Hills, and it is hot. Yes. Uh, (laughs) You know, they don't put the AC on in the building on Sunday. Now, we could go to the operating room. Because the operating room has its own HVAC system. So we could be cool. We could. But I'm so used to doing the podcast on this couch. It just, it wouldn't feel right. All right. And well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like the heat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've, I'm from Jersey and like in the summer there, it was sweltering. So I, I don't mind it. But, you know, I've kind of gotten a little California soft. <laughs> it's so true. It's like you get out of Jersey and it's like, yeah, I, I can't. I remember going back there to to see my mom when she was very sick. You know, rest her soul. And it was sixteen degrees in January, and I was like, "This this isn't compatible with life." <laughs> it is. I, I know, but like a lot of people live there. That is crazy. Way too cold. Well, what we have for you today is a podcast that we probably should have done a long time ago. Like a long time ago. Like this probably should have been, oh, I don't know, number two. (laughs) This is a podcast, if you're having surgery, you should listen to this. Because this is what to do and what not to do. Like the few days, week before surgery. Before like surgery. Like any surgery. And it's a very common question. I'm, I'm a little shocked and embarrassed that we have not done this yet. Because my patients do ask this all the time. So what should I be doing in preparation for surgery? And there's a lot. There's a lot. So let's start with sort of the, uh, the the common questions I get. You know, can I have a glass of wine before surgery? Do I have to stop drinking? Like, uh, there's always questions about alcohol and food, and more specifically alcohol because people feel that it may interfere with their anesthesia, which is right. a good, you know, very clear kind of insight for patients to have. And the answer to that in my book is like, well, you should not drink a lot. Ever, especially going into surgery. No, it's just not a good idea. It first of all, it dehydrates you. So then you're going to go in yes. and be dehydrated, and then the anesthesiologist is going to be playing catch up with your anesthesia. Depending on how late you stop drinking, it may have some side effects on the drugs that are given to you, and it just doesn't put you necessarily in the right frame of mind. So if you can, you know, I would say. Maybe nothing the the night before. One glass of wine if you want to have it with dinner, sure, no no problem. Right. But I wouldn't knock out a whole bottle yeah. the night before surgery. Th- this is not the time to go for like you know the uh, the kamikaze shots special at uh, the uh, the local uh, watering hole. Yeah, probably not, not a good call. Not a good call. And especially so, why is that? It hurts your liver, and your liver is responsible for metabolizing many of the medications that are going to be used by the anesthesiologist. Right. It does dehydrate you. It has break the alcohol has breakdown products that acidify you. So it, it does make the the whole situation not cool in terms of your anesthetic. So don't don't get roaring drunk the night before your surgery. The other thing they ask about is food and food. what to eat and what not to eat. And there are the and I I get this question usually a lot actually like what foods should I be eating before surgery? And so I usually I actually you know I like to take my patients back several weeks actually before their surgery date to get them ready. 
going back as early as three to four weeks before surgery if I have the time to get them ready that far in advance. And they always want to know, especially these patients that have had weight loss or if I'm doing tummy tucks, some big body contouring surgery, they always want to know, well, how much weight do I need to lose before the surgery? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't be doing surgery on you if I thought you still needed to lose weight, number one. But number two, I don't want you losing some crazy amount of weight before surgery. So this is not the time to do your juice diets or your fad diets because I don't want your nutrition levels to be completely whack nor do I want you gaining a crazy amount of weight after surgery once you go off your fad diet. So this is the time to be on a consistent, nutrient-dense diet. That means getting adequate amounts of protein, getting enough vitamins, vegetables, water, hydration, like a sensible, healthy diet. But you certainly don't need to do anything crazy. You don't need to add any new supplements. You don't need to do any kind of juicing or cleansing. Just Eat a healthy, normal, sensible diet. Yeah, and I also tell people the day before surgery, this isn't the day to like pack it in because you, you'd rather Ooh, yeah, have no. your stomach a little more empty than yeah. full with the anesthetics you're going to get, the medications you need to take. I always say, well, I would just eat stuff that like might be very easy to deal easy with if you have to see it again. to come out. <laughs> and that's even if you don't take narcotics afterwards... You, the anesthetic drugs themselves and the, the process of going to sleep with anesthesia does shut down your GI tract for a couple of days. So you may have some issues with constipation, even if you've never had it before, even if you're not taking narcotics, which do increase the risk of constipation. So you don't want to have, you know, a big juicy burger sitting in your system. You know, yeah. you want to, this is the time to eat light and to eat kind of healthy. And yes, you may have nausea and vomiting as well after surgery. A lot of people do. So you don't want that burger coming up. You want, you know, like maybe a smoothie. That would be not so bad yeah, coming back not up. not too bad. <laughs> easy, easy going. Um, and that and that's really key because you you think like oh I'm not going to have anything to eat or drink, you know, from midnight until I get to surgery. Well, just suck it up, get through that part because it isn't worth it to have like you know a, a head of cheese in your belly. No, <laughs> you know, no, from, you don't. You don't want anything well, too awful. heavy. And typically it is. We say NPO or nothing to eat after midnight the night before surgery. And that that number is certainly flexible. There are definitive anesthesia guidelines for what you can and can't eat before surgery. And the reason for this is because what they don't want you doing is refluxing or vomiting at the time of intubation. And so if you've only had water or clear liquids, the chances of that doing anything bad after two hours is pretty small. So two hours, you can have clear liquids, they say. And then it's like six to eight hours for solid foods. But in general, just to keep everybody from, you know, being on the same page, we just say nothing to eat after midnight the night before surgery. Now, if you're having surgery at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, those numbers might be flexible. Talk with your surgeon. Talk with your anesthesiologist. Maybe you can have a light breakfast or something like that. But the other thing that I will say I see a lot of is caffeine withdrawal after surgery. Oh, so yeah. patients that routinely, okay, so all of us who routinely have coffee on a regular basis in the mornings, After surgery, if you haven't had coffee all day and the next day maybe you're still kind of wheezy from anesthesia, you're not eating or drinking your normal amount, maybe you don't have your coffee, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I have the worst headache ever. And it's like, drink your coffee. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to be careful that the, um, yeah, coffee's a a big thing. If you do drink alcohol regularly, then you may have a little bit of withdrawal. You can talk to your surgeon about that. There are some medications we can give to help prevent that. If you're like, look, you know, I have, you know, a, couple of drinks every single day 
just you know which some people do then you know you might have a little bit of withdrawal if you go off it while you're taking these other medications because you're not going to be drinking alcohol and taking percocet together in general that's a, a recipe for a trip to the uh coroner's office yeah don't so, do that <laughs> don't do that so yeah be, be honest with your surgeons yeah. you know about what you drink there's a ton of people yeah. that have wine and, and yeah. drinks every single day and, yeah. and you will go into withdrawal if you if you just stop cold turkey which you know, you can't be taking alcohol and Percocet together. That doesn't work. No, that doesn't work. So that's, I mean, that, those are the dietary constraints. The other issue that comes up ahead of time is, you know, in terms of vitamins and supplements, what should they keep taking and what should they stop? Right. We have a whole list that we give patients of what things you should stop before surgery. And these include things like fish oil and vitamin E, uh, St. John's wort, turmeric, um, there's, it's, it's a very, this very strong like garlic, yeah. I think. There's yeah. all kinds of things that you may Saw not... Saw palmetto Saw is palmetto. a big one for guys, you know, because yeah. they take it for their prostate. Saw palmetto, like there are like 12, uh, like case reports of like near death bleeding from Saw palmetto from guys taking it for their prostate. Yeah. And uh, it is, there. Is, please get this list, read it through. It's not that these are bad things to take. They're just bad with surgery because they are platelet inhibitors and they make you bleed like crazy. Bleed like stink. So that's why we say do not take them. You know, typically the things people always think about off the top of their head are aspirin, Advil. Those are also blood thinners. And if you go to your PCP, they'll tell you, oh, stop all of your uh, ibuprofens and Advil seven days before surgery. Honestly, I don't really care too much about that. I, I, if you're taking... Advil or ibuprofen two or three times a day, yes, please stop that. But if you have a headache a few days before surgery and you take an Advil, no big deal. If you're on aspirin, baby aspirin for heart protection or stroke prevention, stay on that. There's been no studies. In fact, they show, there's actually been plenty of studies that show there's no increased risk of bleeding with a daily baby aspirin. Yeah, I mean, Advil has not been an issue. I've had many patients I've done rhinoplasties on and secondary rhinoplasties and facelifts who afterwards told me they were taking Advil the whole time and I, I didn't notice any difference. Yeah. Aspirin, I do see a little difference if you're, they're taking the 325s. If they're taking the 81 milligram, then yeah, the it's baby. probably not a big deal. Yeah. There's also now new data that shows that that does nothing for you. So I'm not sure if anybody's going to be on it anymore. So I, I don't take it. I, I think maybe it helps. Who knows? But um, I think we're going to see less and less people taking it because I'm not sure that it really has benefit. Well, maybe not. Yeah, but if you're, if you're on it, not a big deal. The baby. I wouldn't advise the 325. I said that to okay. one patient one day. I said, you know, I said, I, I see here that you're on a baby aspirin. I said, you, you have stopped that, right? And I said it like he stopped it for surgery. And he goes, why? Be because I'm not a baby anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I was like... No, because you're having surgery, but I do notice that you are not a baby. At age Should I not be taking the baby aspirin 57. anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Let's crack it up. I, like, I do see that you are not a baby. Good point. But that's not why I was asking. Uh, so anyway, those are the medications. And please look at that, the vitamins, the whole deal. Then there are questions about like, working out and how like there are these like you know workout nut jobs that want to work out the morning before surgery don't no don't do that don't no again that's the it goes back to the dehydration issue just don't you don't your body is going to be stressed like, enough be with fine. surgery like, you know you, you can miss one day <laughs> and have surgery it's like it'll be okay you, you're not gonna but, like but all of a sudden be like have, 700 pounds the next I, day. I get the anxiety because like, i'm not gonna be able to exercise for a couple weeks after surgery let me get in one more round like i get <sighs> that i know but i get still. it but just no. it's not 
It's not best. Just no. don't do it. You don't need to. That's a big no. And then once you've sort of sorted out your diet and your exercise, then the next thing that you need to focus on is getting the home and yourself and your family and your people ready for the post-op care. Yeah. So the thing, you got to go out and buy some stuff. You got to go get some stuff. You want want colace. You want stool softeners. Like you should start taking them two or three days before Two or three days before. Arnica, I would say take a couple days before as well. We we have the Arnica Montana and and, uh, bromelain that are good to have. Um, Always good to have things around like Sudafed if you're having nasal surgery, um, you know, a, de- a decongestant. Always good to have uh, things around like artificial tears if you're having eye surgery of any kind. There, there are certain things that you can have in the house ready to go so you're like, oh, I should have gotten that before surgery. That before, yeah. And we give you yeah. the prescriptions for your medications ahead of time. So please have, like I always tell them, like get them filled ahead of time because you don't want to be running around to a pharmacy trying to get your narcotics filled when you're actively in pain post-surgery. <laughs> like that's no fun for anyone. And then the pharmacists are calling me and they're like, oh, we don't have this in stock. And the patients are like, where do I go? Which is a real issue. Like that actually is. happens a lot where the pharmacist pharmacies just don't keep narcotics in stock the way they used to. So they frequently will run out, but they will not tell you over the phone if you call whether or not you they have them in stock. Like, I have had patients going after surgery from one pharmacy to another trying to get their Percocet filled and the pharmacies are out of stock. So get them ahead of time. Right. And we did do a podcast about that sort of part too, about reading the pre-op instructions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because we did, we did that for, I think our, for our post-op. Yeah. For our post-op. We just read the <laughs> pre-op instructions Benjamin for your post-op. Buttoning this thing. Uh, I know, but it's like, you know, you can't say it enough and you hear patients that are just like, I mean, I got a text from a, a mom like the night before surgery. We're so nervous. We don't know what to do. And I was like, did you read the pre-op packet? They're like, no. I was yeah. like, Is it in your email? They're like, yes. I was like, read that thing no and then regrets. listen to this podcast. You're going to be fine. And they're like, oh, my God, thank God. Like somebody knows what to do. I was like, you know, we've done this before. We've had yeah. other surgical patients and they've done quite well, as a matter of fact. We do. I mean, I, I give my patients a whole a whole little folder. It's, it's really cute. You know, it's you know, laminated and has all this information. In it. Just read it. Read it, read it, read it. I yeah, guarantee without reading you it, it's a problem. everything that you need to know is in there. I promise you. Read it. Um, or if you're not a visual person, listen to this podcast and yeah. get, get an audio version of it. But yeah, the other, once you've gotten your medication set up, you know, your comfort foods, like light foods that you want to eat afterwards. This is where your smoothies, your yogurt, ice cream if you're me. Like just, you know, things that'll be easy, soft, light to eat. Have them around. Have them ready. And get your space set up. So if you are having a tummy tuck surgery, you're going to need to sleep in a reclined position for about a week. So if you have a recliner in your house, great. If you have a way to set up your bed with some pillows prepped up behind you or a little like reading cushion pillow thing, just have a place where you can rest and recover in a proper way for the first week or so. And if you want to get your books or whatever, like whatever you want to do to make this place a comfortable recovery place, Get that set up ahead of time. Yeah, and I recommend that that fancy pillow. That and the fancy my, pillow. That pillow is amazing. I mean, it just I don't know why I'm not like telling everybody they have to buy one because I, you know. What is the name of this pillow? Because I want to call it my pillow, uh, but that, that's not. not my, no, it's the, not my don't pillow. Get my pillow. That's not for <laughs> surgery. I'm sure they're fine and wonderful, and probably not because you know it looks like they make them like you know in two seconds each. But the. Um, you know who knows the uh, the pillow that I'm talking about is uh, this fancy beauty pillow, and I, you know the the name is escaping me at this moment. 
Um, there's a new one out called the Aura, A-U-R-A, um, which I, I haven't tried. I'm actually going to try it tonight because I was oh, okay. looking at myself saying, maybe I should start with the pillow. <laughs> It's a way to try to enhance my, the my pillow. good looks. The pillow is going to do the trick. <laughs> well, I can't have a facelift because I'm too busy. So I'm going to try the pillow. I'm going to start with the pillow. I'm start with that. <laughs> but I have the whole YouTube thing on my YouTube channel. It's Dr. Calvert TV. Just check it out. It's, uh, it's a little thing that uh, I think if you're having facial aesthetic surgery, it's yeah, probably no, good to have sure. a... You know, this pillow keeps your head up and, you know, they have all new like shapes and sizes of these pillows. So I'm, I'm into it. And there's a, a code. I think it's Dr. Calvert 10. Yes, you, can use. you just gave me a brilliant idea. I just spoke with a friend today who's having a facelift in a few months. I'm going to send her your pillow. She needs the pillow. That's She's a good gift. Give her the pillow. It's going to be. It's going to be perfect. She's going to love it. But it is a. It is great. <laughs> I. I even. Uh, I asked Chris. I was like, "Is that pillow still working for you?" She goes. She goes. I am a huge believer hmm. in the pillow. There you go. She's like absolutely. She she won't sleep with anything else. Like and she she has the pillow with one like regular pillow underneath Under. it, but it's like perfect. And you know she. She says that like her makeup goes on better, like it's hmm. really crazy. So get the pillow, maybe, or or have your own pillows, whatever. Whatever. But do something do so something. that you know where you're going to be after surgery. You don't get home and be like, you know, hey, uh, you know, Grandpa, get off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I need this. I'm recovering here from surgery. You know, you don't want to be doing that. That's a that's no, not a good move. No. And then if you are like me or any version of a Type A personality, um, wait, you're a Type A. No, <laughs> strange, right? So Who would have thought? <laughs> I don't even know. That's- um, you're going to want to, you know, get your house cleaned and your trash taken out and your whole yeah. house organized because all that there's nothing worse than coming home to a dirty house. So like get your house cleaned, get your trash taken out, do all of that before yes. surgery. And do not do it after I, surgery. Okay. Yes, please. Did you have a little light cleaning incident this <laughs> oh, God. week? I literally did. Like three days ago, my patient who's post-op day number like three or four from a big surgery, she called and was like, I'm really swollen. I just, I did a little bit of light cleaning and I folded some clothes today and then I got really swollen. Stop with the light cleaning. Light cleaning. And the folding of clothes. Tell your kids to go take care of their own laundry. Tell your husband to go take out the trash. Like this is not the time. No, no light cleaning. Stop being a mom. Just stop. I've had uh, vacuuming hematomas. Oh, yes. Yes. That's, that's very common. That's usually After in the breast. breast surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The vacuuming hematoma. Yes. Oh, I thought I'd clean up a little bit well, since I was home and I had nothing to do. <laughs> that's it. I think you're just going to vacuum the whole house. And psh, nice yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. That sets you back a few. Not good. So uh, do that ahead of time. Yeah. Get, get the right soaps for showers. Like, get, like set it up with some vision. But you see, what usually happens is like, the people are doing their lives, they're doing their lives, they're doing their lives, and then like, <coughs> surgery's here, and that's it. And then they're like, oh my God, I probably should read that pre-op pack, you know, I should, you yeah. know, but you got to do it. That's why when I, when, so like a lot of patients I see now, they come for a revision rhinoplasty consult or a facelift consult, and I'll be like, do you listen to podcasts? And they'll say, yeah, I do. And I say, and if they say no, I say, well, you do now. And I will give them the podcast that they need to listen to right out of the gates. And then I'll say, listen to this on the way out of this consultation. Mm. Do it now. This way that they, they get the information, they hear like, oh, this is good. I need to, oh, I have, that's right, I have to think about it. Because people don't think they about don't think. surgery. No, they don't. They don't. They're, they're doing their lives. This yeah. is, this is for us, it's every day, it's normal. This is what we do. For everybody else, it's like, oh my God, like there's so much to this. There is so much to this. It is, it is surgery. It is not picking a new hair color and getting some highlights. This is really cutting and sewing and 
bleeding and your health yeah. and anesthesia and lots of medications and controlled and, substances. Yes. It's a big it's, deal. It's a big deal. And the other thing that made me think about is make sure you have people who can bring you home and bring you to your post-op appointments. That is totally. critical because we've had in this surgery center multiple times where patients show up and they're like, oh, I'm getting an Uber home. Like, uh, no. no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going home in an Uber. You need to have an adult stay with you for the first 24 hours or at least overnight after surgery. So you need to have that lined up ahead of time because we are not doing surgery if you're going home by yourself in an Uber. That's number one. Number two, usually we do have your first post-op appointment set up before surgery so make sure that you have a ride to that so if it's a saturday or a sunday that's when i usually see my post-ops make sure you have someone that can bring you there because that first post-op visit is critical it's crucial like that's there's a reason that i come in on the weekends to see my patients post-op because i believe that visit is very important so make sure that you have rides and people that can help you out there absolutely what else? Anything else that we need to add to this? I think we hit the highlights. If nothing else, we've started your thinking about actually about being surgery. prepared for surgery. Read your paperwork. Read the paperwork. Read the paperwork. <laughs> we've done, we did a whole podcast on read the paperwork, mm-hmm. but we're doing it again just because it's really important. All right. Well, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from a very hot 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself... We're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Vella, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medispa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing... Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspawnewportbeach.com or rockspawbeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.